<laughs> what is up, everybody? My name is Jack Graham. And I'm Mac Rikers, and together we are the In-Situ Collective. And we are here to teach you the habits and strategies to put your health and fitness first. And help you to feel amazing, increase your energy, gain confidence, and ultimately have a bigger impact. Welcome back, everybody. In today's episode, we talked about the number one thing you can do to get better, fast results. Yes, that is sleep. You guessed it. So getting better sleep will get you better, faster results, no matter what you're trying to do. And the best thing about that, you can just implement one of the things we talk about in this show and get better results with your sleep or get better sleep. And then once that's a habit, you can go to the next one. So you don't have to change everything at once. You can just do one little thing to get better results. So hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. Before we get into this episode, I just wanna mention that you can't improve what you don't track. So a lot of us think we're getting good sleep, but unless you're actually tracking your sleep, you're just guessing. So we want you to try Whoop for free for a month. Hit the link below. You get a free month to try Whoop. You can track your sleep and, and try to improve it and do implement the things we talk about in this episode. And by hitting the link below, you actually help us out as well. So you get a free month, we get a little kickback and you can improve your sleep. Probably my best feature, you reckon? Have you ever known a sleeper that is better than me? No, no, no. <laughs> So we do wear a whoop which tracks your sleep and it gives you a very good indication of how deep you're sleeping, how long you're sleeping, the quality of your sleep and I feel like I do all of the things that we're about to talk about in this show and I always hit my sleep target. Like every week it gives you a summary on the whoop and every single week I am in the sleep target zone. Hmm. So I think the biggest thing that I changed to improve my sleep was blue light blockers. Yeah, for Do you sure. agree? Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who, I mean, surely everyone knows what blue light blockers are by now. If not, give them a bit of a description. Okay. So essentially they are orange glasses that block any blue light that is emitted from like screens, lights, so your TV, phone, everything like that. And they just help start your <laughs> circadian rhythm to get you sleepier so you can sleep better and sleep longer and... Yeah, so for those that don't realise that blue light is the light that your body absorbs to wake up and get going for the day. Yeah. So it's good to have in the morning and throughout the day because it keeps you awake doing the right things. But at night, like Max said, you sit there looking at screens, artificial light and all that sort of stuff. It emits blue light and it sends you the wrong signal to stay up and be active. Yeah. So the glasses just stop that from happening. Yeah. And they're much more stylish these days. We used to wear very <laughs> ugly ones, yeah. like safety goggles. <laughs> um, but now they just look like glasses just with orange lenses. Mm. And they do make everything look a bit funny, but you get used to it pretty quickly. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my favourite helper, I feel. The yeah. other thing that I definitely like the most is that sun... I bought Jack a sunrise clock mm. probably three years ago when we first started dating. And it naturally wakes you up, I suppose. So it's like a sunrise. It stimulates a sunrise in your bedroom. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's very unnatural to be woken up by an alarm uh-huh. clock just going beep 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 yeah. out of nowhere. Um, I actually really enjoyed this. This is probably one of the best gifts you've given me. And we both get use out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just the light. It's a light alarm, so the light slowly comes on. So it's like a sunrise. Yeah. It doesn't make a noise until it gets to the required time. time, and then it will make a noise in case the light doesn't wake you up. Now, when I first started using this, because um, I was uh, running the gym at the, at the time, and I had the first class, so I had to get up pretty early. So I, I always had my phone alarm set for like five minutes after what I set the alarm, the light alarm at, just in case. Yeah, no faith. And I never used my phone alarm. Yeah. I was always up before the actual noise on the light alarm went off, and I never used my phone alarm. So, but I had it set for at least 12 months, if not longer, just in case, but never used it. And how much better do you feel when you wake up with the sunrise clock? Like, because you gradually wake up and you're naturally waking up, you're not like jolted into it. You don't get that groggy, like extra tired feeling that a lot of people have. Like you wake up and you you actually want to get out of bed. Yeah, you jump out of bed and you're ready to go. Um, um, yeah, it's good. Definitely. I feel like a lot of the things we're going to talk about today do relate to, I suppose, the caveman times mm. because that's how our circadian rhythm and began originally. Like we slept when it was dark and we were awake when it was light. So yeah. if well, anything, just try and think what it would have been like back then and do things that support that, I yeah. guess. Like that's pretty much the overarching mm. theme of everything that we're going to talk about. Yeah, and don't stress, like we've got a lot of, you know, things we want to talk about and topics we want to give you, points we want to give you, all these suggestions, but you don't have to take them all in and do them at once. You can just choose one, the easiest one for you to do, implement that, and then, you know, after a month or two, once that's a habit, go to the next one. Come back, listen to this episode. Um, and, yeah, it's not something... We've, like, I've literally... Well, both of us have been working on this for years and we still work on it. And this is... I feel like last year we did a sleep podcast and if you listen to that one and you listen to this one, they're going to be similar but very different because we've learned a lot in that time yeah. and we've changed a yeah. lot of the habits that we do in that time. Yeah. Like I said, we keep improving our sleep. It's not something that just stops it's like, done. and done. You keep working on it and keep getting it better. I feel like one thing, one new thing that we've started doing to improve our sleep is walking every morning. Yeah. And you're probably like, what the heck? Why would a walk in the morning help you improve your sleep? Mm. But really, when you think about it, your sleep how the quality of your sleep or how well you're going to be able to sleep starts in the morning. So like with the sunrise clock, for example, it's probably like the very first thing that's going to impact how well you sleep the following night because you have woken up with your natural, is it like an hour and a half, your um, cycle, your sleep, sleep cycle? cycle yep. So you've woken up at the end of a sleep cycle. So then that just means that when you go to sleep, that night you're going to be able to sleep, fall asleep easier because you haven't been woken up in the middle of a sleep cycle and felt shitty throughout the whole day. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be ready to go to sleep. Um, I guess the walk works in a similar way to the sunrise clock because you're getting up when you naturally wake up and you're going for a walk. You're getting natural light into your eyeballs, which helps you be more alert, more focused, feel awake it sort of signals to your body that it's the day has started and it's time for you to be awake for the next x amount of hours um so yeah that's something that we've started in the last what 
two weeks. Yeah. So there's actually much. been a bit of research done on that by Dr. Andrew Huberman. Huberman. So we do listen to his podcast quite a lot. Yeah. So there's actually research to show that getting up and going for a walk first thing, getting sunlight on your skin, even if it's cloudy, just getting light on yeah. your skin, um, your body, your body, your skin absorbs the light, the blue light through your skin, through your eyes. So try not to wear sunglasses and that just sets your circadian rhythm for the day. And again, there's a lot of research he's done to show that how beneficial that is just for general health and well-being as well, not just sleep. Yeah. Um, so whether you're trying to lose weight, fat, build muscle, you know, think better, waking up and going for a walk actually helps all those things. Yeah. And not only is it good for helping you stay awake, but you're adding in like, I don't know, an extra 20 minutes of movement mm. or exercise for the day without even really thinking that, oh, it's structured exercise. Yeah. You know, you're just doing it and it makes you feel fresh. and It's just a good habit to build, like I said. It gets you set up for the day, good health benefits, and you're exercising first thing, which is a great thing to do. Yeah, especially if you can't do if you aren't a morning like exerciser if you don't do your workout in the morning mm. um then it's a good opportunity to still move in the morning because you don't necessarily have to do your workout first thing yeah um yep yeah cool another thing that i really want to talk about was the delay of coffee <laughs> so this is a hard one for everybody everybody I think. obviously cavemen didn't have coffee so it wasn't <laughs> really it didn't really affect them but we have coffee pretty much on tap, yep. literally. <laughs> so <laughs> You don't have to go far to get a coffee. No. So obviously if you are jolted up with your alarm and you have that groggy feeling like most people do in the morning, the first thing you're going to do is want, need and have a coffee, mm. which we have been guilty of this for so long, especially yeah. since we've got a coffee machine. Mm. Um, but one thing that studies have shown is by delaying your caffeine intake by just 90 to 90 minutes to an hour and a half um, can make a huge difference in allowing your body to naturally produce cortisol levels so that you feel alert. Whereas what happens when you have a coffee immediately, um, it's like artificially produces the cortisol level. So you have the spike of energy and you feel alert and awake, but then you crash and burn really fast mm. and you haven't let your body do it itself when whereas when you let your body do it itself and then you have a coffee your cortisol levels are already high like naturally high and then they're not rising too much more when you have a coffee whereas if you immediately have a coffee and you're still half asleep then it's this huge spike and crash yeah and then that's when you need a second or third coffee and it's a better stimulant as well so when you yeah. wait and your body's already risen and done all the hormone things it needs to and then you're adding coffee then you're actually, it's a better stimulant, whether for your mind, your workout, whatever, it is better for you than, you know, doing it unnaturally. Yeah, and I guess the unnatural way, whereas if you're having a coffee immediately and then you crash and burn, it's more likely for you to have a coffee in the afternoon, which is mm. also severely going to impact your sleep. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not, because it is. <laughs> um, I, as soon as you said that, there's one person that comes to mind, I'm not going to mention his name, but I know he wakes up, like literally get, gets out of bed, walks to the kitchen and makes a coffee. He knows who he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so for those people, like just take in a couple of things what we've just talked about and you'll find that the like you, you're already automatically waiting. So if you get up and go for a walk first thing or and then jump in the shower and then sort of get stuff sorted and then have your coffee, you know, at, at least, you know, maybe 60 minutes has already passed. Yeah, if minimum, without even thinking, 40 like minutes. sitting there and watching the clock. Yeah, like just giving your body time to wake up. Like it might only be, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes or whatever, but at least it's time and you can improve on that. Yeah. Instead of, you know, even if you just, yeah, do a few things in the morning before you go for that coffee. That's all I was trying to get up there. Yeah. Um, and coffee in the, I know a lot of, a lot of people that take coffee at night even, let alone the afternoon, doesn't affect their sleep, mm. but it definitely does. Yep. Even if you don't have a whoop, then it's really hard for you to tell because you can't actually, like you might feel like you're asleep, but you're not actually getting the restful, deep REM sleep that you need for your brain and body to recover properly. Yep. Um, you're just sort of getting the surface, like maybe you're staying asleep all night, but you're just getting the surface level sleep, which it's hard to tell unless you have like some sort of Yes, so a course I did earlier in the year, they had a study and they had all the brain waves there from people. Like, so you got three groups, um, one had caffeine, one didn't, and a placebo who t got told they did. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but then like the people that didn't have caffeine and the, like everybody slept. So no matter what, everybody still went to sleep and slept throughout the night, whether you had caffeine or not. But then it's the brain waves when they're asleep that were completely different. The people that had caffeine, their brain waves were all over the place, where it should be a nice flowing up and down, going into deep sleep, coming back out, and yeah, all, right. all the way through the night. So the people that didn't have caffeine, um, their sleep waves were perfect. But then the ones that did, they still slept and they still wake up in the morning thinking they had a good night's sleep and the coffee didn't affect them. But their brainwaves at night were completely different and completely all over the place. Do you know when they had the coffee, how long before going to bed they had the coffee? Oh, it was there, but I cannot remember. Yeah. See, Andrew Huberman's been doing like a lot of research on the duration that coffee like lingers in your body and how it affects your sleep. Mm. And he says... Or maybe it was Matthew Walker. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Walker. Yeah. And he says that 10 to 12 hours before you go to bed is when you should stop having coffee. Or caffeine. Caffeine. So not just coffee. So green tea, even chocolate, a little bit of chocolate's fine, but... Yeah, there's caffeinated teas that people still think are fine at night, but then realise it's caffeinated. Yeah. So 10 to 12 hours before going to bed, which is a long time, mm. but if you like having two coffees, just cram them in before lunch <laughs> i guess it's going to be better for you to have two coffees close together than a coffee yeah 10 hours before bed as long as they're 90 to 120 minutes after you wake up yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly um i feel like a lot of people um think sleep is just about you know the right before you go to bed and like right as you wake up and that's it like yeah which is pretty much all we've been talking about yeah um but i feel like you need to sort of look at the whole day like mac just said like caffeine can stay in your body for 10 hours so what are you doing you know in the afternoon and all that sort of stuff sleep isn't just something that you think about right before you go to bed yeah it starts in the morning like i said with the alarm clock but didn't you tell me something about so we talked about getting sun exposure in the morning mm. but shouldn't you also get 
afternoon sun exposure because it's a different kind of light. Oh, going into the evening, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, you sort of spoke about it at the start, like what did cavemen do? Mm. Like now, the and modern technology's only been around for 100 years, if not less. Like yeah. I'm talking take or what, like, you know, fast foods, TVs, all that sort of stuff. That's even less. Um, and that's not that long. So our bodies haven't actually been able to adjust to it. Yeah. Like evolution-wise, I guess you could say. Um, so you think about it. Back before those TVs, all that sort of stuff, you would probably have dinner at five o'clock when the light's still out because you still need to cook mm. in natural light to have food. Yeah. And you'd still be out doing stuff, so you'd still be getting natural light as the so sort of sun sets, so your eyes sort of see that light get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, then it gets dark, and then your body's ready for bed. Yeah. So actually going out in the sort of uh, late evening, early evening just to sort of get a little bit of light and see it go down so again going for another walk or just sitting outside and reading a book or having dinner outside and that sort of stuff i know yeah. that's not feasible for everybody everywhere but you know in a well-lit room like naturally lit, lit room um even better yeah i feel like they are different colors though so you know how they say that the red light of the sunrise is what stimulates you to get going for the day I guess the afternoon, the sunset, we can't really see the sunset where we are, like over the water as like we do mm. the sunrise, but the sunset sort of is more like a purpley colour. Yeah. So I guess we do have like coloured cones and rods in our eyeballs that tell our brain different things. Mm. So like if you think about it, that you're trying to get exposure to the colour rather than it's kind of more appealing to go outside and see the clouds, the purple or whatever from the sunset. Does yeah. that make sense? Yep. Um, and one thing, I guess, on exercise in the evening, um, again, this is hard. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got different schedules and like two nights of the week, we can't even avoid, avoid this, but trying not to work out too intensely later in the evening. Yeah. Doesn't it just make you like feel so mentally jacked? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Ready that, to go. <laughs> uh, technically that's what a workout does, no yeah. matter how intense it is, even if you're just doing some weights and that sort of stuff, it's going to you know, the workout itself stimulates your body. Yeah. And it's that's what it's meant to do. So doing that, you know, within a couple of hours of going to bed isn't ideal because you're trying to wind down. So, again, we can't avoid this and I don't expect everybody to, but trying to and putting some effort into, like if you've got the option, do, it, do your workout earlier. But if you don't, you know, you still got to get your workout in. And there's plenty of things you can do to counteract your workout, I guess, like after we are at the gyms late, we obviously do everything that we can to get ourselves back on our normal schedule, night schedule, routine. Mm -hmm. So like showering as soon as we get home so we can immediately put our blue light blockers on and trying to calm your brain, I guess, because a gym is very stimulating Yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like one other thing that people neglect before going to bed is when they eat dinner. Because mm. when we come home from the gym, what time do we get home? Like 8 usually? 7.30, We eat dinner at then 8.30, say, by the time we shower and everything. And that affect, I think that affects my sleep more, if not as much, as having worked out an hour before. Mm. Um, because usually we eat at 6, so we have what, th three, four hours before we go to bed 
to digest the food. Whereas when we go to the gym at night, we eat like an hour before we go to sleep. And it takes me so long to fall asleep because I'm still digesting everything. I still feel full and we have to eat a lot of food after the gym because we've been there for hours. And obviously we don't want to under eat because that's also bad. bad yeah. yeah. So it's hard. But ideally, if you aren't training in the evening, then you want to eat dinner two to four hours before you go to bed because that gives you enough time to digest and feel you shouldn't feel over full when you're going to bed mm. like you shouldn't feel over full any of the time arguably yeah. <laughs> unless your goals are to gain like a lot of muscle but um yeah i feel like that's something that a lot of people don't think about especially in summer here in australia because the sun is up until nine o'clock so a lot of people are doing things and then don't have dinner until late yeah. and that really affects your sleep um in the same course i was talking about before they did the same similar study but with food so um you know looked at people's brain waves that didn't eat food before they went to bed and that that did and again everybody slept everybody said woke up and said they had a good night's sleep but again the people that actually ate before they went to bed their brain waves are all over the place yeah really yeah so again it's just very interesting like you can't really tell until you actually see the brain waves and when you see the brain waves you're like oh yeah shit it does affect your sleep because when you think about it we have sleep to obviously regenerate cells muscle tissue like bodily brain, brain bodily functions and if you're going to bed while your body is still trying to digest then it's taking away from all of those other things that your body's trying to achieve at night i did hear someone on a podcast somewhere say um if we didn't need sleep then evolution would have evolved out out of it by now yeah but obviously we need it, like yeah. more than anything else. Like I feel like there's a lot of things that we've evolved out of, but sleep is one that has heavily stayed, if not probably got more. Mm. We need more sleep yeah. because of the stress and everything. Mm. Um, on the stress note, I feel like a lot of people are also guilty of working or watching an action movie or something <laughs> right before bed and then trying to go to sleep. And obviously your brain is just like still in work mode. I suppose so like the wind down time before bed is also very important um we've noticed sometimes if we watch tv shows like the witcher <laughs> for yeah. example um it's very hard to get to sleep because there it's so like intense yeah. and your brain is actually paying a lot of attention whereas if we watch like a sitcom like big bang theory it's completely fine because you can watch it and not really watch it yeah. You know well, what I mean? And it's two different shows. Like, you think about it, The Witcher is trying to drag you in and make you feel like you're a part of it. Boy, he does it. And <laughs> it's all about survival and hunting and killing and all that sort of stuff in that show. So your body is in flight or fight and then you're just going straight to bed. It's not going to work. No. So you do need to calm down a bit or not watch those shows before. Yeah. So I feel I'll just mention some things, easy things to do. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be meditation, but meditation is great before bed. Mm -hmm. Um any kind of stretching, foam rolling yoga thing where you're just like being with your body, I guess, and breathing and relaxing, um, cleaning, I find very satisfying because then mm. you know everything's done for the next day yeah. and you're going to wake up and the house is clean. Um, and journaling. I feel like that's probably the most common one that Jack does. Just like writing down the things you have to do tomorrow, your thoughts, feelings, emotions, whatever. So then you know it's written down. You don't have to worry about trying to remember it while you're trying to go to sleep. Because yeah. everyone knows that's when you remember everything that you need to do. 
Um, yeah, I feel like doing your mobility or, you know, recovery work just before you go to bed is very un, like underlooked. Um, a lot of people feel like they haven't got time to do it, but you could just do five or ten minutes before you go to bed and it's beneficial. Yeah, and you're probably just watching TV at that yeah. five or ten minutes before bed. You can still watch TV. Just have it on in the background, but you're just paying a little bit more attention to your body because you're foam rolling out those hard bits or stretching out those tight muscles. Yeah. Um, yeah, very beneficial. Cool. And on the TV note, also do not, I know we've been going for a while now, but do not have a TV in your bedroom. Mm. or a phone yes. or a tablet or I always any, forget about that yeah i know or any electronic device get it out of your bedroom even if you're watching tv with blue light blockers in your bedroom bed is not a place to watch tv no um i still have this conversation regularly with a couple of people and yeah just get the tv out of your bedroom leave your phones out of the bedroom everything like they don't need to be in there your bedroom is specifically for sleeping. I think the last person said, oh, what if I have an emergency call during the night? And I said, when was the last time that happened? And it had never happened. Never. And they were a couple of years older than me. So, you know, almost 40 odd years and they haven't had an emergency call during the night. I don't think it's going to happen. And I feel like if it's that much of an emergency, you're, it's going to be in your immediate surroundings. Yeah. So you're going to be waking up by whatever's or going on. Or the person who is in trouble will call you 600 times and you'll hear your phone from in the kitchen yeah. or wherever it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like I used to be very guilty of going to bed on my phone. Like I'd be like, okay, I'm going to bed at 9 and then I'd lay on my phone in bed till 12, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I'd put it on my bedside table and because I would be as like a teenager or young 20, what, old person, you'd be texting everybody. Mm. So then... Even if you're not getting messages, even if your phone's on do not disturb, your brain is so used to you getting notifications throughout the day and in bed in that spot that it subconsciously just makes the noises. So, mm. like, you might think you're asleep and you might think you hear a vibrate and you're like, oh, my God, they messaged me back, you know? Yeah. Or someone's in trouble or I'm missing out on gossip. So if you take that cue out of the bedroom, then mm. your brain won't associate being in bed with getting notifications either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so one <laughs> one thing that we are probably going to dive into a little bit more this year is a cold, dark room. So there's a couple of devices out there that we haven't got our hands on yet, but the technology is getting better. So that means it's getting cheaper, which we're probably going to get one this year. And that's like a chilly bed or I something to <laughs> um, chill the bed. Uh, I know there's chilly bed, like, go back a couple of years and if you had two people in the bed, they were sleeping at the same temperature, but now you can actually set oh, really? each side because I know you're going to want to sleep a lot warmer than I am. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I get very hot during the night. So again, there is that much studies, that much data out there from studies that show sleeping in a cool room, fully blacked out, is going to give you the best sleep that you can get. Um without any sort of doubt of mind in there. So um, things like chili bed and all that sort of stuff, but we'll bring more info into that after we've used when we've it. we've experienced it. I feel like lately I've definitely experienced the whole hot room thing because it's a bit warmer here and after a few days the house gets very hot and stays hot and I feel like the last week, say, we have done all of the things that we've spoken about in this podcast except for being able to sleep in a cool room. Mm. And I have probably, like, I still sleep great because I'm the best at it, but I've probably slept the worst I have since last summer. 
say, because yeah. it's just generally it's just hotter. Yep. Um, yeah, cool. And on the dark room thing, we haven't mentioned, I haven't mentioned a sleep mask yet. Oh. It's like my second, after the blue light blockers, it's my second favorite thing. I got a new one for Christmas off my mum because my other one was three years old and it was pretty gross. <laughs> like I wash it, but <laughs> it was gross. Um, Jack doesn't wear a sleep mask. He hates them. Oh, because of the heat thing. Oh, my face, face gets, gets too hot. But did you know that Mantra now brings out ones with cool, it's a cooler, like it has cool iPads rather than just cotton ones. Does it though? <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a few products to try before we before do another we sleep episode. <laughs> but um, definitely asleep. If you can't really avoid having a dark room, like if you have shitty curtains or a street light out the front, then a sleep mask is your best option. Obviously, light's still going to penetrate your skin, which does have a little impact. Um, but a sleep mask makes a world of difference. I know if I, if my sleep mask makes it through the whole night on my face because they do fall off, and the sunrise clock is at full capacity, then I don't wake up mm. because my sleep mask is on mm. and it's blocking the light from like getting through my eyelids, I suppose. Whereas if I lose it in the night, then the sunrise clock does wake me up. Yeah, but uh, like I feel like they're good if you can't block all the light coming in your room, like yep. ours. We can't actually block all the light, so a mask is good. But if you can block all the light, you don't need a no. sleep mask. No, I can't sleep without it now, though. <laughs> I'll just mention two things that okay. we quickly haven't covered yet. Go. Alcohol and oh, yeah. sugary, fatty foods mm. before bed. Um, I feel like they go hand in hand. Yeah, well, I thought that the <laughs> only two things I, we haven't covered that I wanted to talk about. And I know a lot of people use alcohol to help them sleep, <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't no. help you sleep. Same, exact, and the same thing as what I talked about in those studies, exactly the same thing happens. You might sleep, but you don't actually sleep. Yeah, your sleep is sh shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and same with fatty sugary food so sugar is also a stimulant so it's also going to do the same sort of thing as alcohol and coffee does and high fat foods obviously take a lot longer to digest so they're going to be sitting in your stomach and then your body's going to be digesting while you're going to bed also i feel like they do cause a lot of what is it acid reflux yep. which doesn't obviously doesn't help you sleep yeah because your body's just struggling to digest it and all that sort of stuff so yeah yeah cool I'll awesome <laughs> Uh, again, thank you very much for tuning in. Obviously, if you've lasted this far, you have got something out of this episode. Please implement it. Let us know how you go and then share it with a friend or family member. Help them get better sleep so they can live longer and be healthier. And make sure you head over to our website and sign up to our mailing list. Every single week, you are going to get the best health and fitness information that you can get, that you can implement, not just useless information but stuff that you can actually go and implement to help your health and wellness and you get that on our newsletter so go over to website scroll down to the bottom of the page enter your details or head over to institucollective.com free download something for free nutrition guides programs mobility guides everything is there for you for free and once you download one of those you'll automatically end up on the mailing list anyway Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.